the darkness at thy speaking it was done. Welcome to sermons from Zion Lutheran Church of Gwinner, North Dakota. Zion Lutheran Church is committed to the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ezekiel saw something very startling that time. He saw human bones, skulls and spines and ribs and jaws. They were not in some small grave or a pile, but they were spread throughout a whole valley. It probably looked like the Holocaust, a destruction on a mass scale. Instead of hiding Ezekiel's eyes, though, the Lord, he actually led him through that valley and around that valley and through the bones to show him just how many there were. And as Ezekiel stood there in the valley of dry and bleached bones, the Lord asked him this, can these bones live? Yes, can these 
dead, dry, bleached bones, can they live? Now, just to clarify, these bones in this vision were God's people, the house of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, to be precise. These were the people that came forth out of Egypt with Moses. These were the people who were in the wilderness for those 40 years. These were the people who had settled in the promised land. However, in this vision, they were all dead. All of them dead, dead. Long dead, reduced to dry white bones because of their sin and their rebellion. This vision of dead bones depicting the deadness of Judah should not come to surprise any of the people of Judah. The Lord had warned them, he had warned the people of Judah that this very thing would happen. In fact, God had already made good on another warning that happened some time before, some 100 years before, earlier, when he sent a guy named Sargon, who was king of the Assyrians, into the northern kingdom of Israel to destroy them, to destroy this northern kingdom because of their idolatry and rebellion. Then only little Judah was left after that, the last of God's people in that southern kingdom of Judah. But they did not learn from what happened to the other kingdom to the north. God spared, yes, he spared them from that king of the Assyrians, but that did not stop the people of Judah from the same path of disobedience and idolatry. You see, Judah, yes, Judah too chased after other gods. They set up idols. They flirted with other kingdoms for security and protection instead of trusting in the Lord God. They had actually abandoned God. So as a result, God, he let them have what they wanted You see, God has a way of letting humanity chase after their own dishonorable passions. Yes, often as a way of judgment, God will give mankind up to mankind's own debased mind. If people do not want anything to do with him, well, he will let them go their own way as a way of judgment, even if it is a way to destruction. And so we know from history that King Nebuchadnezzar a Babylon came to Jerusalem, to Judah, and destroyed everything. The temple was burned, and the destruction was unleashed, hell on earth. Those who survived, though, were marched off to Babylon, and there they sat, in another foreign country. As a result of the destruction, the wrath, the suffering, And being displaced, the people of Judah, well, they begin to self-examine. This is how it usually goes with pain and suffering, my friends. When people are shaken, when they're sobered up, when they're sobered up from a spiritual stupor, when bad things happen, they actually examine, they process, they self-examine. In other words, the people of Judah of Jerusalem knew that Jerusalem was not outside their windows. And they knew this because of their sin and rebellion, their unrepentance. And like a dry bone, these people of Judah, they ached for what once was. That is why they cried out, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. And they were. 
But God does not remember his anger, my friends. He does not remember his anger forever. His mercy is everlasting. To his hurting and crushed children, God sent his prophet Ezekiel no longer with a message of repentance and wrath, but now with a message of promise and grace and hope and forgiveness. Now, do you realize that this is how God works? You see, God, he tears down that he might heal us. God, he actually strikes us down so that he may bind us up. And he kills to bring to life. That said, God does not merely kill for the sake of killing. His killing is not separated from his bringing to life. God kills so that he may bring to life. He strikes down so that he can bind up. He reduces us to fine powders of repentance so that he may raise us up in the sure, solid foundation of faith. And the same is true for Judah in the Old Testament reading. The Lord would once again bring his children into their own land. His glory would return to his temple They would again be his people because he would sprinkle them with clean water and wash them of their sins and put his spirit within them. You shall be my people and I will be your God, said the Lord. To drive home the truth of what he has promised and to dismiss any doubts that the Lord of heaven and earth can do the impossible, God showed Ezekiel that valley full of bones. He asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Yes, can these dead, bleached bones, can they live? In other words, can God's people be given new life where sin and death and hopelessness reigned? Can their spiritual dryness be quenched with the water of life? And the great answer is this, my friends. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And at God's command, Ezekiel spoke to these bones, hear the word of the Lord, and those bones, those dead bones, came to life. The Spirit of God was breathed into them, and they became a living army, brought back from the dead according to God's word and his promise. And just like the dead bones being raised to life, God fulfills his promises to Judah by giving them life and bringing them out of the valley of the Babylonian oppression to life in Jerusalem. Now, dear friends, we must not just commit ourselves to this Old Testament reading as a matter of doing a mere history lesson this morning, but we must also confess, along with the ancient Judah, that we too, yes, we too, you and me, that we too have our idols and false gods. Those things that we look to for our worth and value Instead of God, we have all stuff. We have all stuff and concerns that are more important than God's word and God's will for us. We fail to learn from past mistakes and we fall into the same sin time and time again, even sinning against conscience, doing what we know we ought not to do. And all of this sin, my friends, all the sin that we commit in thought, word, and deed, all of this sin, it sucks the life right out of our bones. It leaves nothing but a pile of sin 
in parched souls, in the pit of hell's gut. Yes, in the pit of hell's gut, in a big pile. But our Lord, (laughs) the good news of the gospel, is our Lord does not leave us there in hellish exile of sin and death, with our bones rotting away, bleached in the sun. He does not leave us without hope. Can these bones live? And that answer is yes, Yes, they can. You see, on Easter evening, long ago, when the disciples were in that upper room, Jesus breathed on the disciples while saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it will be withheld. You see, Jesus' breathing and bestowing of his Spirit upon his servants is no different than the valley of those bones. Indeed, the breath of God was breathed into the disciples with sin-dry bones that they might speak that same spirit of life and forgiveness to others with sin-dry bones as well. What this means is that the prophesied word upon the valley of the dry bones was not meant only for the people of Judah in exile to Babylon. It is also intended for you. It is intended for you this day. In Jesus' death, Our Lord paid the penalty for our idolatry, for our mistrust, for our sin, for our rebellion against God. And that forgiveness he imparts to you and bestows upon you in his word, spoken at his command through his servant. Yes, his servant, the pastor. And so, when the breath of the Lord breathes forgiveness, life, and salvation into our aching bones through his word, yes, his word in the absolution, The life of Jesus Christ is made ours. It is made yours. Your sins are forgiven. As sure and certain as God's promises are true. Yes, indeed, forgiven. See, dear friends, we need the word of God's life. We need the word of God's forgiveness as much as Judah did in Babylon. Because even now, like then, as God's people, we sin and rebel against God daily. We need God's word. We need his forgiveness spoken over us and into our ears and into our souls, poured deep down into the depths of our souls, so that we might know that we are forgiven and have life. Yes, we need forgiveness and life and salvation. And today, my friends, you actually have it. You, dear members of Zion Lutheran Church, are in Christ Jesus and Him alone. Having been sprinkled with clean water of the baptism of your baptisms into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having the Spirit of life spoken into you through that divine absolution, through the words of a sinful pastor, hearing those words in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And as God's forgiven children, you wait for the final and the complete fulfillment of what Ezekiel viewed in that valley. The final resurrection to eternal life of all those who were slain and who have died in that trust of Jesus. You see, that is the greatest part of all of this that is yet to come for us as Christians. Make no mistake about it. The Lord has actually fulfilled his promise, and so he will bring this promise to completion by his word when he calls into graves and he resurrects those who have fallen asleep in Jesus as he speaks into those graves, and those graves will break forth 
and those departed loved ones, those saints who died in Jesus, will come forth resurrected yet again. And if Jesus does not come back before then, you, my friends, will be among those who rise because even your bones will live. And this is true because the Lord Jesus Christ is indeed risen from the grave. And as he says, and as he says so from the word, that indeed these bones will live again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richards' blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit Zion Lutheran Church's website at www.zionglinner.org. The Lord bless and keep you.